Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's March 24, 2014 and this is episode 413. Today I'm going to walk you through the second set of 10 photos from my second Winter Wonderland tour for 2014 to complete this two-part travelogue series. Still troubled by record level snowfalls, we were lucky this time to have arrived in Dausa just as the roads cleared as many people that had been stuck in this sleepy fishing village were finally able to continue their journeys. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MBP. Well, we left off in part one as we moved on to the Sunayu area of the Kusharo Lake to have some fun learning and practicing our panning techniques. And they result in photos like this one of three hooper swans taking off in a row. Generally, as the sun goes behind a cloud or closer to the horizon so it's not so bright, I gather the group together and walk them through my panning techniques. Then we practice with the swans as they take off or fly in front of us. Here you can see that I was able to get three swans in an almost straight line, which I thought was quite cool. With the shutter speed down to a 50th of a second, getting the head sharp is very hit and miss, as they move their heads up and down slightly as they fly, so it's the look of the draw really. You just have to make lots of frames and hope that the head is sharp in the best frames. Here you can see that the middle of the three swans is the sharp one, with the foreground bird's head slightly soft and the back swan's head totally blurry. I'd have ruled these the back swan and the first two, the first one, you know, these two birds, I would have ruled them out if they were the only ones in the shot. But the centre one is sharp here, so I'm happy enough with this. I also like the effect of the blurry wings, of course, and the water which is what this is all about. Because we are going to create the blur with the re in the rest of the scene with our camera movement, I generally stop down to around f11 to f16 to get a slow shutter speed. Here I was at f14 at ISO 200 to achieve that 50th of a second shutter speed. The following morning we made our way up to the Bihoro Pass for a landscape shoot as we see in this photo. Here I used my 24-70mm lens at 28mm with the aperture set to f11. That's plenty of depth of field to get the distant scene sharp even if you focus a few feet out on the edge of the snow in the foreground here. We're looking of course at the Kusharo Lake which is a caldera with an island in the middle. I also ran this through Color Effects Pro to enhance the detail in the foreground snow a little. And once back in Lightroom, I applied a slight graduated filter to the across the sky just to darken that down a little bit. Although uh, you can do a graduated neutral density in Color Effects Pro, I like to do anything that I can do in Lightroom after returning to Lightroom as it's non-destructive as opposed to color effects which bakes all of my changes into the image. 
This next photo is not really a landscape photo, so it's not going to be, it's kind of in addition to the 10 images that we'll look at in this episode. But I really like this shot of most of the group for this tour, just as the sun hit the horizon. Stopping down to f11, again at 28mm here, was enough to give me this lovely starburst effect in the sun as it came over the horizon, strategically placed between two of the participants of course. This is straight out of the camera but still I, I like the overall feel of the image so I thought I'd share this with you as well today. As we drove down from Bihoro Pass to towards the hotel for breakfast, the mist from the lake had started to freeze and form hoarfrost on all of the trees, creating a beautiful winter wonderland. So we stopped at a number of locations for some further landscape work. This photo is one of my favourites from this morning. A relatively simple scene with a large tree covered in hoarfrost and the surrounding landscape. By this point it was February 24, so after breakfast we had a steady checkout and went to the Sulphur Mountain that I showed some shots of in the Tour 1 update, so we won't re revisit that today. We called in at the location where I know that there's a chance that there'll be an Ural Owl on his nest, and once again he was there to pose for us for a little while. Still thinking of different ways in which I could test the 200 millimeter, 200 to 400 millimeter lens. This time I decided to try the two times extender, along with the internal extender, the 1.4. I shot this image with the 5D Mark III, so higher resolution than the 1DX, and I had the camera on a monopod. So some of the images that I, you know, I, I looked at later found that had a little bit of camera movement. Still though, at this focal length of basically 1,120 millimeters, I'm still very pleased with this shot that I got of the owl on his nest. It's not as sharp as when using the internal 1.4 times extender and an external 1.4 times extender. That still works, um, but. You know, it's not quite as sharp as that, but it's definitely usable. Of course, you lose autofocus because the widest aperture becomes f11, as I basically have three stops of extender engaged. The lens starts at f4 and then drops to f5.6 when you engage the internal extender, and then drops two more stops through f8 to f11 when you attach the external two times extender. As I say though, at a push, this is very usable, especially when it's it's okay to manually focus like this. I'll put up a 100% crop of the owl's face into the 200-400mm to lens review that I'm hoping to do next week, so stay tuned for that if you're interested. As I mentioned earlier, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MBP. As photographers, it's important to have a web presence, and having something clean and easy to maintain is of utmost importance. With Squarespace, you can add images instantly just by dragging and dropping them from your desktop into the browser window. Many templates have beautiful full bleed image display which is perfect for photographers to showcase our work. 
With hundreds of customizable settings, including fonts, colors, and sizes, every Squarespace website can be made to look unique in just a few clicks. Squarespace gallery blocks can be added anywhere on your website and offer hundreds of presentation variations, including slideshows, sliders, grid layouts, and more. Squarespace are constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with and all of the style options that you need to create a unique website for you or your business. The new Squarespace metric app for the iPhone and iPad allows you to check site stats like page views, unique visits, and social media follows. With the blog app, you can make text updates, tap and drag images to change layouts and monitor comments on the go. Squarespace is incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, they have an amazing support team that work 24-7. It starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. And every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look great on every device, every time. Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code MBP to get that 10% discount and to show your support for this podcast. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Back to Hokkaido now though, and after we'd photographed the owl, we took a drive along the Notsuke Peninsula and headed into Raosu, and I was delighted to hear during my call with the skipper of the boat that we shoot the eagles from that there was plenty of sea ice in the Nemuro Straits now, and we were scheduled to go out in time to photograph the eagles at sunrise the following morning. Here's one of my first shots of a stellar sea eagle with the warm morning sun still on his wings. This is one of the few locations where I use aperture priority for wildlife. For the first hour of shooting, that is. Because the birds fly against the sun or with brightly lit water or snow behind them, I generally put the camera into aperture priority and auto ISO. Auto ISO automatically sets the shutter speed to the shortest necessary for handheld shooting and then starts to increase the ISO to get the exposure required. As I was shooting this at 560mm, the shutter speed was calculated at a 500th of a second, at f5.6, and that pushed the ISO up to 2000, as it was still not that bright. Note that I had also pushed the exposure compensation out to plus one and a third to ensure that the whites were still white and not grey, which is how the camera would have exposed this if I'd left it to its own devices. Another shot that I quite like from this morning of February 25th is this one of a white-tailed eagle coming in to land on the snow-covered sea ice. The white-tailed eagles sometimes look so beautiful and peaceful that it's hard to believe that they're a raptor, but then other times, like this, they have an almost vulture-like predator look to them that makes you realise just how menacing they really are. After our eagle shoot, we went back to the hotel for breakfast and then did a classroom-style workshop session until lunchtime, and then we went back out to the Nodske Peninsula for the afternoon. 
As we stopped the bus to photograph the Ezo deer at the side of the road, we saw something that I'd not seen before. A young doe walked over to a stag and started to rub her face all over his neck and face in what seemed to be an obvious show of affection. I selected this shot to show you today because I thought it was funny that it almost looks like the doe and the stag have switched heads, but as you can see, she's rubbing her head against the underside of his neck here. It sounded like the Olympics on the bus as everyone shot away capturing various poses through the open windows. And they seem to do this, the deers seem to do this for a good minute or two. The whole time the stag just stood there and then when he finally reciprocated and went to muzzle up to the doe, she darted away instantly. Everyone on the bus burst into laughter and it was someone commented that they were just like humans where the woman is in full control of how far things go. The following morning we were back out with the sea eagles for another great day. Still testing my 200 to 400 for my review, I decided to go out with the, Mark, the 5D Mark III for the entire shoot. I even left my 1DX in the bus so that I would not have to resist switching them out. This was a great test as I did find the 5D Mark III and the 200-400mm lens combination to be far inferior to the 1DX experience. Although it's workable and you can still get some great shots, the 5D Mark III focuses decidedly slower and with much less accuracy than the 1DX on this lens. I was surprised by this as otherwise the 5D is fine but with four days of fast-paced shooting with the Eagles previous to this, it felt definitely clunky and I missed many more shots than I usually would. The 1DX just snaps into focus and then stays there most of the time in AI server or continuous focusing mode. The 5D Mark III searched for focus much, much more and often didn't achieve good focus once it had locked in. It also maintained the same degree of missed focusedness for you know frame after frame it just continued to stay a certain amount out of focus whereas the 1dx starts to if it starts slightly out it generally refines the focus as you track with the subject so you only miss a frame or two anyway more on that in my review for now this is my favorite shot from the second morning with this stellar seagull looking decidedly worried about something as though he's flying up late for the party or something. As I said earlier, I generally start out in aperture priority now for the first hour with the eagles, but then once the sun is up and I'm not likely to, to shoot with strong backlight, I lock the exposure down in manual mode so that I don't have to mess around with exposure compensation as the background changes. If I'd have dialed in plus two stops of exposure compensation to keep the snow and ice white and then framed a shot like this with the darker background and a big dark bird in the middle of the frame, the highlights on his white legs would have totally blown out, as would the sea ice along the bottom of the frame. We were treated to a beautiful sunrise on all three mornings out with the Eagles on Tour 2, and although I wasn't in the best position to get a flight shot like the one I got last year, 
I still quite like this photograph of a stellar seagull sitting on top of an ice pinnacle with the sun's disc placed nicely behind his head. This is the sort of shot that forces me to use aperture priority for the first hour or so, so that the camera can deal with the strong backlight more easily and create this kind of almost silhouette image where the snow has to go grey. As I ensure that the sun's disc isn't too overexposed, of course. Here I dialed in plus two thirds of a stop of exposure compensation to still give us a little bit of detail in the eagle and that allowed the sun's disc to blow out just slightly. If you try to stop the sun from blowing out completely, it generally results in a strangely dark image overall. So it's fine to, to just let the sun blow out a little bit in my experience. And it really is a fine line as to you know, when you're trying to get this sort of shot to look good. After this third dawn shoot with the Eagles, we went back to the hotel for breakfast again and then took a steady drive around to the other side of the peninsula, the Shiritoko Peninsula, for our final night's banquet and to do some landscape work to finish the tour. Along the way, I stopped the bus for this scene, which I thought was quite nice. It was the middle of the day, so the snow was very bright and there was mist along the horizon behind the trees, but I liked the hint of a mountain poking up above the trees there. That's Mount Shari in the distance. Of course, I composed this image like this with the line of trees and mountain along the top of the frame, partly because I like the tension that this causes, but mainly here because I wanted to include the footprints in the foreground. I converted this to black and white in Silver Effects Pro, which also enabled me to enhance the texture of the snow and make the various lines of footprints more visible. We went on to photograph the Oshin Koshin Falls as usual, and we did some long exposure shots of the sea ice, but strangely, it seemed that the entire sea was frozen on this side of the peninsula. Even a five minute long exposure revealed that only a small slither of sea ice right out in over by the horizon was actually moving, so my shots didn't make the final cut. On the last morning we went for a walk in the Shiritoko National Park with one group going down into the valley to photograph the Furepe Falls and another. I led another group through the woods over to a different cove in the hope of finding some woodpeckers but that didn't pan out. It was a lovely walk to finish the tour with though and for the first time we actually borrowed some snowshoes from the nature centre as the snow was so deep this time that we wouldn't have made it through the woods without them. After our walk, we started our drive over to the Memambatsu airport and we flew back to Tokyo, completing the tour. I did my usual recording, getting a comment from each participant, which I'll play you now. Note though that, as beautiful as it is, I edit out our tour conductor Yukiko's song from this uh, particular recording. Uh, she sang for the group on the first tour as well. And so it's in it's in the episode that we did the first tour one update. So there's not much point in including that today. Here's the recording to finish, though. Okay, so this is it. We've just come to the end of the second 
Winter Wonderland Tour for 2014. I've had a great time and I, I hope that you have as well and I'm going to just pass the mic around now and we'll have a, a quick comment from each of you. So let's, how about we start with you Ron? I'm Ron Hasty. I'm from Texas with my wife and on the trip. The, the photography was really special, incredible. Martin put us with uh, special places with special uh, help to get just the, the right image. Loved the food. The tour operator is magnificent. Thanks very much, Ron. Charlotte, are you going to say something? I'm Charlotte Hasty from Texas. I love wintertime photography, and I made it. <laughs> I made it. Um, I love the ice for the three days that we had. And I love the monkeys. Even I, bear, I made it. <laughs> um, and I love learning about the settings of the camera, which oh, yeah, yeah. which will go with me for life. And I can't wait to get home and start in. Yeah, great. Thanks very much. Nicole, I know you're embarrassed about this, but let's go. <laughs> I'm Nicole from Vancouver. Um, this is the best place to come for snow macaques and for the cranes. Um, love the Japanese culture. Going home to learn more Japanese and to come back next year. Oh, great. Thank you. Great to see you. Hi, okay. Hi, I'm Susanna Freeman from uh, from the UK, and I've had a really good time on Martin's trip. Uh, I loved photographing the Stella seagulls. We had three fantastic mornings with really great uh, sunrises, and I learnt um, about the slow panning of the Hooper swans, which I really enjoy, and I'll put it into practice um, when I go back home. Cool. Libby. Hi, Libby from Sydney. Um, just thought it was a really great way to see Japan and really enjoyed learning about photography and um, and just having the time to actually do a lot of photography which I don't often have on normal trips. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Jenny? <laughs> Hi, it's Jenny Hibbert from Wales in the UK. Um, this has been not, hasn't been an ordinary trip like many other trips organizers. Um, Martin's dedication to all of his details and everything has made it really really special um, and I loved the snow monkeys and everything else that I've seen too. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Florian. Yeah hi this is Florian from Berlin. Um, it's I've been having a great time here this is a wonderful experience uh, especially Martin and also Yuki-san and Trevor has been making this a wonderful <laughs> I've been making this a wonderful time. Thanks. Thank you. I'll just insert there that Trevor is the new name for the driver. <laughs> this is Ulrich from Buxtehude from Germany. I'm very satisfied with this tour. And for my German uh, photo friends, I can say tolle photos, tolle organization, tolle tour. That was probably it's crap, don't come. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Ulrich. Did you put that on your tape? It's in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki from London. Um, the uh, organisation and the photographic instruction has been second to none, and photographing the seagulls has been one of the most special things I've ever seen. I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Bev Nelson from Richmond, Virginia, and I came to see cranes, but I fell in love with snow monkeys, and I had a very difficult time being a novice at photographing eagles. And I found that Martin was particularly helpful in not only working on exposure when you had brilliant sun reflected off of snow, but also how to set the shutter speeds and all to catch the eagles uh, in flight. So I'm very pleased. Thank you. Thank you. 
Ik ben Clemence Baks. I come from Holland. And now I'm talking in Dutch for my Dutch friends. De sneeuwapen waren heel bijzonder om te zien. En de sneeuw was nog meer bijzonder. Bruce McDonald from Australia. Uh, I came away hoping to uh, learn something about some new techniques, shoot manual, and had the opportunity to do that, uh, shooting exquisite wildlife. Uh, well worth the trip. Thanks very much. Jerry. Uh, my name is Jerry. I'm an American that's living in China. Uh, I guess I was just happy to come back to Japan. I'd lived here twice before, but I'd never had the chance to photograph the birds and wildlife in the snow like we did this past couple of weeks. And of course, the trip was extremely well organized and everything uh, worked out very well. Enjoyed. Thank you. I'm Jan Bucks from the Netherlands, nature photographer for more than 35 years. And still I did learn something about uh, from uh, Martin uh, about the manual settings. And I want to give him a compliment because he has no dialect. He speaks so English so well. I can understand you very well. <laughs> sure, yes. The yeah. best of all the people here. Oh, yes. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay, thank you very much. So, last but not least. Last but not least. Jan. I'm Jan from Australia. I think the whole experience was well planned and well executed. As a birder, I've added to my life list And as a photographer, I've nailed the blurry tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to make my way back down to the bus now. Thank you very much, everyone, for your comments. And as I go back, I'm going to pick on Yukiko for one last comment. So Yukiko is the, the lady that spits with us for the, for the entire time and makes everything go really smoothly. So thank you, Yukiko. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Yukiko. I'm from Yokohama, Kanagawa Prefecture. I had very wonderful time uh, as usual. The mat is very wonderful, my teacher, and very, very nice to a leader. And uh, all of the guests are very kind and helpful and very patient for my poor English. <laughs> So um, I track, uh, I'm looking forward to see all of the guests someday. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. And before we finish, I'm, I want to give a big round of applause for the driver as well. Oikawa-san. Yay. So really, thanks very much. It's been an, an absolute blast traveling with you, and I uh, I can't wait to see some of you again. Well, I can't wait to see any of you again. Not not, not, not picking out a few that I don't want to see again. Um, but any of you, sorry, no, no blacklisting. Um, so it's, it really has been a lot of fun, and I've I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I hope that you've enjoyed it as well. So thank you very much, and I hope to see you again. As it's always a couple of weeks after the tour when I listen to this recording again, it's always great to hear the participants' voices again. And uh, I just have such a great time on these tours, and, and I'm, I'm pretty certain that the participants do too. If you'd like to join us in 2015, then go to the webpage mbp.ac slash ww2015-2015 and check out the details and you can you can register there and everything. Uh, it really is an amazing experience and I hope to see you on one of these tours, if not in 2015 at some point. 
Thanks very much for listening today. Remember that you can find me on Google Plus and Twitter, Facebook, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com. So do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, you take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.